prayer. Father God, thank you for this time of worship and this time of singing. Father, your name is Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. And I pray and I ask that this morning, as once again, as we open your word, that you would speak to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would have liberty to move, to work, to convict, to instruct. And Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, we would walk out of here different and changed and, and blessed uh, because we've been here this morning. And we, uh, we honor you, we worship you this morning. We ask that your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, Grace Church, it's great once again to have you here with us. And uh, we are starting a new series this morning. But before we begin, I just wanted to uh, uh, give a, a quick couple updates. Before we dive into our new series called Gifts, I want to give a couple updates to you. And uh, a few weeks ago, we actually collected shoe boxes that were full of gifts for Operation Christmas Child. And uh, these boxes, they're sent around the world. Uh, to bless children, to share the gospel with children around the world. And uh, let me just say, this ministry, Operation Christmas Child, the follow-up and the intentionality of this ministry is second to none. I mean, it's incredible what this ministry does. And our goal was to collect over 500 boxes. That, that's the goal we set, to collect 500 boxes. And I'm happy to announce that we collected over 500 boxes for Operation Christmas Child. So, man, yeah, you can clap it up. All right. Hey, and one more thing. I know I know some of you guys are holding coffee, and that's okay. But one thing, remember, we don't allow golf claps at Grace Church. All right. So, man, if we clap, let's do it right. And uh, let's practice. Let's practice. Put your coffee down. Yeah. 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 All right. That sounds so much better. Also, I just wanted to uh, also mention last week, uh, one of our ministries in Juarez, Mexico, asked called and asked, uh, one of the places we minister, uh, they called and asked if we could fill 38 stockings for some kids um, that are in a church in Juarez. And uh, we honestly were like, oh man, we just finished Operation Christmas Child, we had our church collect 500 boxes, is it too much? And we uh, kind of asked a different, few different people and they said, no, it's not too much. Let's do it, let's go for it. So uh, we went for it last Sunday. We hung 38 stockings in the lobby. It was really incredible. Each stocking was taken, and uh, which is really awesome. It was taken, uh, but we're hoping that every stocking comes back, all right? Um, so every stocking was taken, but we're hoping every stocking will come back. They're due today. And, uh, man, once again, I just want to say, Grace Church, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving. Um, we're collecting those stockings today. There's, you can see in the lobby, you can hang up your stocking, and we're going to ship them out actually tomorrow. So we do need those stockings back. We're trying to get them back uh, to Juarez before Christmas. So, um, you know, most of these children that we're trying to bless through Operation Christmas Child, through these stockings that we did, you know, they're used to getting nothing for Christmas, okay? They're used to getting very little, if anything. And most of these children are just happy to have shelter. They're happy to have food. They're happy to have water. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to just say, man, the, the, the scripture says, to whom much is given, much is required. And, and we have so much. Um, and we need to be generous. We need to be giving. And I'm thankful that I'm a part of a church that is generous. And I hope our generosity only increases. Um, 
But what's cool, you know, these children, because of your faithfulness, because of your generosity, um, they're going to have a little ray of blessing. They're going to have something special um, this Christmas. And I, man, I hope it just really, truly blesses them and that they can feel not only the love from Grace Church, but they can feel the love of Jesus Christ. That would be incredible. So as we send off these stockings, I would just ask that you pray. Let's send them with our prayers. And maybe we could do that right now. Let's pray for the boxes that we uh, prepared for Operation Christmas Child. Let's pray for these stockings. And let's pray that, man, God uses these attempts um, to, to show his love to these children. Let's pray for these children. All right, Father, uh, we come to you. Um, and we want to just, first of all, say thank you for being generous towards us. Father, you sent your only son to die in our place. And gosh, that is the most extreme generosity that we can of. Um, and Father, and just in return, we want to be generous in, in return. We want to be generous to, to people that we don't even know, these children. And I pray that as these Operation Christmas Child boxes are sent out and these stockings are sent out, Father, I pray that they would get to the right children and Lord, they would feel your love. They would know that you are real and that you are good. And the materials that they receive, Lord, the gospel that they uh, um, hear about, that they would accept that gospel, they would accept that good news, and um, they would put their faith in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, make yourself known to these children in ways they've never experienced. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Man, this has uh, already been an incredible service, and uh, we want to get into the Word this morning. And let me just start by saying, I don't, I don't know how you... Uh, do your Christmas mornings at your house, but at our house, we, we open our gifts on Christmas morning, and I always love watching my boys when they come out and they see the gifts under the tree, and they're excited, and they're anticipating what's going to be in, you know, the box, and what's under the wrapping paper, and, and it's just fun as a, as a father to watch their expressions, to watch their excitement. Um, sometimes it's a little difficult, you know, might have to break up a couple fights here and there. But, uh, man, it's always fun. It's always just a great experience on, on Christmas morning. And they're always eager to find out what's behind the wrapping paper. What, what is the gift that I'm going to be able to open this Christmas morning? And I want to start out this message series called Gifts. I think it should be the same way we as Christians, it, we should have that same anticipation, that same excitement about our spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to each and every one of us as Christians. As followers of Jesus Christ, we've all been given spiritual gifts. Every single one of us. God has uniquely gifted every one of you. And He wants you to discover your gift. He wants you to know your gift. And He wants you to use that gift or those gifts in meaningful service in His church. And also in His kingdom to advance the purposes of God in this world. So what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to look at 2 Timothy, just one verse. You say, man, um, should we read more verses? No, we're going to read one verse. Because I believe God's word is so powerful, we can focus in on one verse and we can be lit up this morning because of just one verse. But we're going to look at Sam, 2 Timothy. And as we open this topic of spiritual gifts... Uh, we're going to look at a verse in, in, in 2 Timothy. Now let me just remind you, uh, set the context here for 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy was the last letter written 
by the Apostle Paul, and many think of it as his last will or his last testament. So, of all the people that the Apostle Paul could have been writing to in his last letter, you know, with his final thoughts, this is just like his last words, he chooses to write to a young man named Timothy. Now, remember, he, the Apostle Paul had such a deep affection for young Timothy. He even called him my son in the faith. The Apostle Paul loved Timothy dearly. Now, Timothy was not his biological son, but Paul loved him every bit as much as he would his own son. And so Paul begins this final letter to Timothy by commending him, by showing him some praise, by encouraging him for having a sincere faith. Timothy was sincere in his faith toward Jesus Christ. In all of Paul's travels, I I can only imagine in all of his experiences that he probably was used to seeing a lot of people play the religion game. A lot of people wearing masks, a lot of people just playing religion, but not Timothy. Timothy was sincere in his faith. So Timothy was real about his faith, and and let me just share a little bit about Timothy. He was raised by two extraordinary women, um, his mother and his grandmother. That's who raised Timothy, and Uh, Paul says to Timothy, he says, man, hang on to your sincere faith. It's going to serve you well the rest of your life. And Paul tells Timothy to keep serving, to keep leading with the sincere faith. And I I believe that's good advice for all of us. Now, Paul begins this letter with encouragement by showing uh, Timothy some praise. But his commendations end rather quickly. And Paul, he has to put on his coaching hat. All right? Paul is coaching Timothy this young leader, because he wants to help Timothy to get better. He wants to help Timothy to, to grow in his leadership abilities. And Paul, is a, he's going to coach young Timothy, and he's going to help him develop some new patterns in his life and some new disciplines. And I, I believe it's really going to encourage us this morning. So, you know, when, when, a, when a coach is, is coaching someone, okay, the Apostle Paul is going to give some coaching tips to young Timothy. Man, that's what coaches do. They try to make you better. I mean, coaches actually, sometimes they believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And coaches are always trying to make you better. They call the best out of us. They call us to higher levels. And uh, so the first coaching issue that Paul deals with comes in the verse that I'm going to teach you uh, teach on today. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 6. And Paul says this to Timothy. He says, fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Now that little expression, fan into flames, and this was very common in this day. It was, a, it was a phrase very commonly used because most dwelling places in this day that Paul and Timothy lived in, they would have a little fire pit right outside their house And the idea was to keep the smoldering embers hot so that when it was ready or when it was time to cook a meal, someone would actually stand there with a fan, okay, and they would would fan those smoldering embers and they would put a little wood on it and they would cause the flame to come back so that they could prepare a meal. It was someone's job to stand there to fan those those smoldering embers into flames and, and the Apostle Paul would have seen that And that's why he used this example to Timothy. And the idea was this. 
the idea was that you're never going to get the kind of heat necessary to cook a meal if you just stand there and look at it. Okay? You're not going to, the fire isn't going to be able to do what the fire needs to do if you just stand there and look at the smoldering embers. You actually have to fan, you have to put some wood on it, and you have to do some work to get that fire to increase. Somebody has to pick up a fan. Somebody has to get some more oxygen on the fire so the fire can do what the fire needs to do. Now, here's what Paul is saying to Timothy. Now, remember, he's coaching Timothy. He's trying to encourage him in his faith. He says, Timothy, I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. Like, good job, man. You are sincere in your faith. Way to go. Keep it up. Good job. You're taking it serious. Man, I'm really proud of you. But then he goes on to say, Timothy, being sincere in your faith is not going to be enough. It's not just about a sincere faith. I I want you to have that sincerity, but I also want you to have a high-impact faith. It can't just be about sincerity. It also has to be about high-impact. Timothy, I want you to move to higher levels of impact to higher levels of making a difference in this world. I want you to manifest a faith that moves churches ahead. I want you to manifest a faith that moves the purposes of God forward in this world. And in order for you to do that, young Timothy, you have to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you. And Timothy, it's your responsibility to do this. It's not your mom's responsibility. It's not your grandmother's responsibility. Young Timothy, it's not my responsibility. It's your job, Timothy, to fan into flames the spiritual gifts that God gave you. It's your job. It's your job to make a a roaring bonfire out of the spiritual gifts that God has put in your life. So we need more than sincerity. A lot of people are sincere about their faith, and that is awesome. That's incredible. That's good. But we need more than just sincere faith. We need high impact. We need to see faith that actually does something, that changes lives, that changes communities, that changes cultures. How does that happen? We'll see as we move on here. Now, some some of you may already be calling a timeout. All right, you're like, hold on, time out, Pastor Justin. I, man, this is great, you know, this is already kind of encouraging to me, but I don't even know what a spiritual gift is, okay, let alone like fanning it into flames. Like, I don't even know what these, you know, these smoldering embers are that you're talking about. Please help me. So, so what I want to do, church, this morning is I just want to take us on a real quick tutorial on the concept of spiritual gifts. I want us all to be on the same page. I want us to understand what spiritual gifts are. And so let's start at the very beginning. I have some questions that you see on your notes, and I'm going to work through these questions and help us to better understand the concept of spiritual gifts. So let me ask the first question, and what is a spiritual gift? What is it? A spiritual gift is a divine enablement, or it's a, it's a spiritual entrustment, a spiritual ability. It's God giving you a special ability that you wouldn't have on your own. You wouldn't have this ability in and of yourself. 
It's a spiritual ability so you can be good at something that your church needs or that your community needs or something that the world needs. It's a spiritual capability, a spiritual entrustment. It's been deposited into your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now let me, there's a distinction here. There's a difference between natural talents and and a spiritual gift. Okay, we all have natural talents, but in addition to your natural talents, the Holy Spirit entrusts you with divine abilities. And and those divine abilities or those divine, uh, you know, those divine uh, capabilities help to move the purposes of God ahead in this world. It's pretty incredible. That's what a spiritual gift is. Second question. Who receives these gifts? Okay? I lied to you. We're going to look at more than one verse this morning. I was just messing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Okay? Every single believer. No exceptions. Every single one of us. And it goes on to say, So we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. No exceptions. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have at least one spiritual gift. Probably more. And once again, no exceptions. Every one of us have been gifted. Number three, who assigns these gifts? Who is it that determines who gets gift, these spiritual gifts? 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, It is the one and only Spirit, the Spirit of God, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person uh, person should have. So the Holy Spirit is the one that determines who gets the gifts. He deposits those gifts uh, into your life, and you don't get to ask for them. You don't say, hey, I want that spiritual gift, Father. I want that one. No, He determines. um, And actually, you don't even deserve them, but you get them anyways. And you don't get to trade you know, you don't, like a fantasy football draft, you don't get to trade, you know, your gifts out. Like, man, I want his gift, and so would you trade with me? No, that's not how it works. The Holy Spirit sovereignly decided which spiritual gifts you should have and which spiritual gifts you wouldn't have. And and he decided these for reasons known to him, okay? And, and can I just remind us all really quickly that the Holy Spirit is really smart. He's really smart. He knows a lot. And he's able to do this. There is a rationale. Okay? Believe it or not, there's a rationale behind why you ended up with the exact set of spiritual gifts that you did in the rank order that they're in, in your life. There was a rationale behind that. The Holy Spirit, he knows your past. He knows your pain. He knows your potential. He knows your story. He knows everything about you. He knows your future. And he put the right spiritual gifts in your life to move your church and to move the purposes of God forward in this life. It's incredible. Fourth question. How many different gifts are there? How many exist? Okay. Well, there's about... 20 gifts mentioned in the New Testament. And on your notes there, I listed just a few of them. And for example, uh, leadership, teaching, shepherding, administration, mercy, 
hospitality, helps, encouragement, apostleship, giving, faith, discernment, knowledge, evangelism, wisdom. You know, there's more. About 20 are listed in the New Testament. And, and let me just say, scholars debate on whether or not this list is exhaustive or if it's just representative. Okay? But here's the big question. Here's the big question. Are you ready for this one? Here's the big one. How do I know, how do you know, how do I know or how do I determine what gifts the Spirit has given to me? How do I know this? And let's just say by faith, okay, travel this path with me. Let's just say by faith that that there are these things called spiritual gifts. They exist. Let's just pretend, okay? Pretend with me. And every Christ follower gets these spiritual gifts. Let's just say that that really happens. And let's just say that some of these spiritual gifts have been put into your life. How do you know which gifts you've been given? How do you know this? How do you find this out? And this is such an important question. If, if we truly believe this, that God has deposited some spiritual amazing gifts into your life, how do you know which gifts you've been given? How do you find this out? Let me give you some thoughts on this, all right? Hopefully you're taking some notes. It's kind of the purpose of uh, why we come here is to learn some things. So, man, write some things down. Hopefully it encourages you. Hopefully it helps you in this area of spiritual gifts. On your notes there, the first uh, thought that I would share to help you find your spiritual gift would be to read everything you can about spiritual gifts and start with the scriptures. Start with God's word. All right? Read everything in the New Testament about spiritual gifts. Man, study it out. Read everything you can. And also, I would encourage you to read what trusted pastors have to say about spiritual gifts. Now, I always like to give a little disclaimer, man, on the, on the internet. There's all kinds of kookiness, okay? All kinds of craziness, so be careful. But man, if you, if you uh, know of some trusted pastors, some pastors that have some proven track record, read what they have to say. Listen to maybe what they have to say about some spiritual gifts. Read everything you can on this topic. The next thought that I would say or that I would share is... Uh, Sign up to take a shape inventory. All right, what is a shape inventory? This is a tool that we offer here at Grace Church, and it's to help you discover your spiritual gift. All right, this this tool is not perfect. Um, What we do is we encourage our members to to take this uh, shape inventory, and what it does is it takes your story, okay, this is what it stands for story, your heart, your abilities, your personality and your experience. So it's a holistic approach, and it tries to help you narrow down what what your spiritual gifts could possibly be. Once again, it's not a perfect tool, but it is effective. It's actually helped a lot of people in Grace Church to find their spiritual gifts, to begin this, this journey. The next thing that I would share with you is to talk about it with people you trust. And I think it'd be cool here at Grace Church to have a culture where we're not afraid to talk about uh, what your spiritual gifts are. Maybe in your small group, you, you ask the question, hey, hey, what are your spiritual gifts? And you can talk about it. Maybe, you, maybe you're bold enough and encouraged enough to say, what do you think my spiritual gift is? And you allow people to, to maybe speak into your life, to give you some thoughts, some feedback. So let's discuss it. Let's talk about it. Let's reason it out together. How are you gifted? 
uh, talk about it with people you trust. This can be really helpful. Uh, one last thought that I would, would share to help you determine the gifts that God has given you is I actually want to do some amazing artistic uh, drawings for you this morning, all right, to help with this last point. In my experience, and I would say in our experience as a church, I've learned, we've learned, that most people discover their spiritual gifts through trial and error, okay? Through trial and error. I'm, I kid you not. Most people discover their gifts through trial and error, and it's kind of like this, all right? What I'm going to do here is draw a big football field, okay? That's a football field, and uh, for those of you that play other sports, it could be whatever you want, basketball, soccer, okay? It's a, it's a field, and uh, I think sometimes maybe people hear a message like this, or they begin to read the scriptures, and they, they learn about spiritual gifts, and they start to maybe narrow it down to a couple gifts. Maybe they think they have the gift of administration, and maybe the gift of wisdom, and, and uh, they talk about their gifts with people. And uh, so they're, they're out here, okay? They're out here. This, these are the stands, okay? I know you can see this clearly. Okay, these are fans in the stands. All right, don't laugh. All right. They're in the stands, and they're kind of observing. They're kind of watching. But in order for them to really discover what their spiritual gifts are, they have to step on the field. They have to get on the field. And they have to put their gifts into play. They have to practice. They have to get on a team. They have to start serving. They have to say, man, I think my gift is administration. Uh, I'm going to get on a team and I'm going to say, I think this is my spiritual gift. I think this is what I have to offer the team. How can you use me best? How can you use me? And, and you start to practice. You start to play. You start to use that spiritual gift. You get out of the stands and you get onto the field with your spiritual gift. So you step into some area of service, you get on a team, you say, hey, this is what I have to offer. I think this is how God has gifted me. Now let me just shoot really straight with you. Okay, let me, let me be really clear. There's not a sales pitch. I'm not trying to spin it somehow. Let me just be really, really clear with you. Most of the time, and I, I wish this weren't the case, but most of the time, this first experience, when people first step onto the field, most of the time, it's not the most pleasant experience. Let me be honest with you. Okay? It's maybe kind of good, but it's, it's not great. And maybe they get on a team, and maybe there's some conflict on the team, and, and uh, they say, man, this experience wasn't really the best for me. And here's what a lot of people do, unfortunately. They say, man, this wasn't the best experience, so what do they do? They go right back up into the stands. And sometimes they go back up into the stands for the rest of their life. Sitting there with their popcorn, watching everybody else play the game. Okay. Your first experience, I, I can almost guarantee you that it's not going to be perfect, your first try. As a matter of fact, we've, we've, we've kind of learned that a lot of people, it takes them multiple efforts. It kind of looks more like this. 
So they're on the field. Their first experience wasn't great. So move to another part of the field, okay? Get on a different team, all right? And their experience kind of looks like that, maybe, you know? And it's... And sometimes it takes years for them to discover what their spiritual gift is. Unfortunately, I hear, I hear things like this. Man, Justin, you know, back in 1992, I, uh, I volunteered on a team, and uh, there were some issues on the team, and, you know, they just didn't appreciate my gifts like I thought they would appreciate my gifts, and, and so I just kind of phased out. I kind of phased out of the team. I needed a break, and, uh, and yeah, that's my story, <laughs> you know? And I, uh, I'll say to them, like, you didn't get off the playing field, did you? You didn't go back up into the stands, did you? And you stepped on the field, and your first experience wasn't perfect, and now you're back in the stands, eating popcorn, drinking your Coke, watching everyone else in the action? Church, let me just say that stepping off of the field is never an option for a serious, a serious follower of Jesus Christ. It's never an option. You, you can't step off the field. You can't. Eating popcorn in the stands is never an option for someone who is, who is passionate about their faith, who is sincere, who is serious about their relationship with Jesus Christ. So you get in the game, and when it doesn't go perfectly, and I, once again, I almost guarantee you that it won't, you try a different position. You move to a different part of the field. You, you try a different service area. You try a different team. Uh, maybe you try another spiritual gift out for a while. It, you have to give it a little trial and error. Give it some time. You learn something, okay? You learn something here. You learn something here. You learn something down there. And you're growing. You're learning. And it often takes multiple moves. It often takes multiple years. But, but if you stay at it long enough, church, there is coming a day when you're going to find the right use of your spiritual gift. You're going to find the right use for your gifts. You're going to find it in the right context. You're going to be on the right team. You're going to be in the right time. And it's going to feel like magic. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like, man, I am so glad I stayed on the field because this is incredible. This is what I've been searching for. And this is, it's going to feel like magic. Let me, like once again, kind of coaching. I'll write these letters. Okay, let me explain this. The letter S, the letter A. When you're using your gifts kind of some guardrails maybe to help you discover what your spiritual gifts are. You'll get to a place where you have this deep satisfaction. Okay, that's the letter S. You have this satisfaction. You, Man, you are using these gifts that you've maybe been experimenting with and you have this level of deep satisfaction. It's like, wow, this, I actually enjoy this. I actually, this is fun. This deep level of satisfaction 
And honestly, you will go to a place where it's no longer I have to, but I get to. Seriously, how many of us in church, man, we, we kind of roll in that, that world of I, I have to do this. I have to or I'm going to feel guilty about it. I have to or the pastor's going to lay a guilt trip on me or I have to. But man, when you find your spiritual gift, it moves from have to to get to. I get to do this. This is so incredible. I, I love this. I get to do this. You know, honestly, church, honestly, there are days with, like, tears in my eyes that I say, I I can't believe that I get to do this. Yes, there's hard days. Yes, there's frustrating days. But, gosh, there's so many times where I say, I can't believe I get to pastor Grace Church. I can't believe that I get to work with these incredible people. I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe that God would use someone like me to do these things. I can't believe it. You know, someday you'll have such a deep satisfaction in your service to the Lord, and that's that's really a sign that you're getting closer to your spiritual gift. The other sign that I would encourage you to use kind of a guardrail once again. You have this deep satisfaction, but the letter A is for affirmation. Okay, You have this deep satisfaction, but you also have affirmation from people that you trust. Because we all, uh, it's often been referred to as blind spots. Okay, We all have blind spots. Sometimes I think I'm better at something than I really am. And someone has to say, Justin, Stop doing that for the love of everything that is good and holy and righteous in this world. Stop doing that. You're not good at it. Okay? Sometimes I, I want to try to do something I'm not good at, and I have to have affirmation, or I have to have someone say, hey, stop. Or, or maybe it's the other way, where I am stepping out with a spiritual gift, and someone affirms, someone that I trust, someone you trust, that you'll listen to them, and they say, Justin, oh my gosh, that was incredible. And see the fruit that's coming from that? that I think that's your spiritual gift, man. It's like magic when you, when you use your gift in that way. There's so much fruit that's coming from it, and they affirm, they give affirmation. If, if you're willing to get on the playing field, church, if you're willing to step on the field, if you're willing to get out of the stands, and it's scary sometimes, okay, in any sport, when you step on the field, there's going to be times you get your bell rung. There's going to be times you make the wrong play. There's going to be times you make mistakes. But come on, those of us, I'm using sports, okay, you use your analogy, but anytime those of us, you know, we've been on the field, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's so worth it. So glad I played. It's the same thing spiritually. You, you step on the field, and man, there's hard days. You make mistakes, but you say, "Gosh, I'm so glad I played. I'm so glad I'm on the field. I'm so glad I'm, I'm learning and growing." If you're willing to get on the playing field and stay on the playing field, and you're willing to keep searching until you find that deep satisfaction, until you're willing to, to receive that affirmation from people you trust. You'll get to a place where you say, I'm so glad I hung with this process. 
so glad. And your whole life will change when you take the time to identify your spiritual gift and you take the time to fan it into flames. Your life will change and the life of many the lives of many others will change. All right. Are you guys are you guys still with me? Is everybody all right? All right. I'm doing all right on time. Okay, here we go. So here's the million dollar question. Here's the million dollar question. It's about to get real. If the Holy Spirit has given you a spiritual gift, He's graced your life with a spiritual gift, with these incredible spiritual abilities or these incredible spiritual skills that can advance the church, that can advance Grace Church forward, that can advance the purposes of God forward in this world. If, if the usage, if putting these spiritual gifts into use would overflow your life with deep satisfaction and and just knowing that your life is being used by the Almighty God, if that's all true, why do so many Christ followers not know what their spiritual gift is? So many followers of Jesus Christ have no clue. They don't know. I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Why do so many not even take the time to find out what their spiritual gift is, let alone fan it into flame? I don't know. You, you tell me. You tell me. Yet all these gifts have been given from the Holy Spirit of God. And, and they're like these, these boxes on the stage. They're all unopened. I guarantee you every gift under the Christmas tree is opened by my boys. Okay? They are opened because they 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 want to find out what's in there. Shouldn't it be the same with our spiritual gifts? Man, how has God gifted you? How has the Holy Spirit gifted you? You know, people f- Let me let me say this. The the best churches, okay, my experience is limited, but Man, the best churches that I look up to, that I love, that I have learned from, the best churches that I know of that are rocking, man, they are getting the job done, in my opinion. The best churches are rocking because their people know what their spiritual gifts are and they're using them to the fullest. It's not one personality. It's not one dude up here entertaining it's a body of people. It's a whole church, and they are using their gifts to the fullest. And gosh, it's like a picture of Jesus Christ. It's a city on a hill. It's, it's so bright. It's like, man, I honestly, there's times I'm like, man, I, I, I kind of want to move there. I want to be a part of that church. But I don't because I see what God's doing here. It's like, man, God is moving in this church. God, God can do the same thing here. He is doing the same thing high-impact churches, people that are sincere in their faith, but they also see the impact of their faith. All right, very quickly, i got to move on. Christians, these are just my opinions and thoughts, okay? So take it for what it's worth. But I believe Christians that don't care to identify their gifts or to use their gifts, 
Um, here's some reasons why I think this is true. And, and let me just say, church, this bothers me. This really bothers me that, that Christians don't identify their giftedness. But I believe the first reason why people, and I'm going to be bold and blunt and say people in our congregation, Grace Church, okay? Let's, let's get personal about this. The reason why I believe people in our congregation don't do anything with their spiritual gifts is simply due to good old-fashioned spiritual complacency. Okay, let's, let's call it what it is. Spiritual laziness. Just a, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Spiritually lazy. You know, some people will just say, oh man, I haven't gotten around to it. I just haven't taken the time to figure it out. That is the lamest excuse ever. It's lame. Lame, 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 lame. Lame. God has put a supernatural ability in your life, one that could change your life and the lives of many others, and you're not even going to try to figure out what it is? Really? Find your gift. Find your gift. Identify your gift. Fan that gift into flames. Do everything you can to to live out that gift in your life to the fullest. You have no idea what God could do with that gift. You have no idea what God could have planned for your life. Don't miss it, church. That's what I'm trying to encourage you. Don't miss it. Don't miss the experience of being on the field. Especially don't miss it because of spiritual laziness. Like, come on. Come on. The second thing I hear is this. I'm too busy. Man, you live in a fantasy world, Justin. You don't understand the pace of my life. You don't understand the demands that are on my life. Church, I have to say, like, man, if if you throw that excuse at me on a bad day, I, I might just uh, say, like, really? You're too busy. Are you too busy to eat? Are you too busy to sleep? Are you too busy to shower? Are you too busy to check Twitter and Facebook five times a day? You're too busy? We're all busy. Okay, I'm busy. My wife's busy. My boys are busy. My cousin Eddie is really busy. Like, we're all busy. But let's, let's be truthful, and, and please receive this. I, I, I love you, and this is why I'm saying this. We all make time for what we value in this life. Let me say that one more time. We all make time for what we value in this life. When someone says they're too busy to identify their spiritual gift or to fan it into flame, I just want to say that that excuse doesn't fly. Because you make time for what you value in this life. You could be even more honest and you could say, you know what, I just, let me just be blunt honest, Justin, and say, I actually just don't value the idea or the concept of spiritual gifts. Okay? I'm like, all right, now we're being honest, all right? Some of you may be thinking, man, you know, how, how do you speak these hard truths, Justin? How are you able to speak these things? And it's because I, 
don't even have a shred of the mercy gift, to be honest with you. All right? Like you would think I would stay up late, like worrying about people's thoughts and feelings, and no, it just doesn't bother me at all. So, all right. Third excuse I've heard. Some will say, I don't think I was given any gifts. So some people feel like they haven't been gifted. Okay, once again, this is an identity issue now. Like, man, they just feel, they don't feel worthy. They don't feel like they've been gifted. They, some maybe think that they got skipped over in line when the Holy Spirit was passing out the spiritual gifts. But let me just remind us again in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. That's very clear, black and white. It's been given to each of us, to every single believer, no, ex- no exceptions, so we can help each other. And so I just want to gently but boldly ask, what part of each of us do you not understand? Each of us have been gifted, every single one of us. You were not overlooked. You were not passed up. You have a spiritual gift in your life, and you need to discover it, and you need to use it. And it's for his glory. And God means business. He's serious about this. Let me just say, when... When God asks you, you know, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? I hope that you can give him an answer. And let me just say, the dream of God is this, okay? The dream of God in a church like Grace Church is that 100% of the congregation would know and use their gifts to the fullest. No exceptions. That's the dream of God. 100% of spiritual gifts being put into play for God's glory, for the good of the church, for the redemption and the restoration of our world. If 100% were ever achieved here at Grace Church, if 100% of Christ followers knew their gifts and were using their gifts, it would blow your minds what could be done the possibilities, it would, it would blow your mind what God could do. So it's your move, church. It's your move. You have to plant, uh, fan it into flames. That's your job. It's my job to teach you about it. It's your job to get on the field and to, and to put it into play. Many people in grace have have not only discovered their spiritual gifts, and let me just say, man, we're, we are experiencing growth. We are experiencing God working in ways like we've never experienced in this church because of people using their gifts and their talents and their abilities to His glory. Many of us, many of you, thankfully, have discovered your gifts, and you're, you're on the playing field, and I want to say thank you for that. Many of you are using your gifts to the fullest, You're using them weekly around the church. You're using them out in the communities. And when you walked in today, you met some people with the gift of hospitality. They they greeted you warmly. And they just, they want your experience here at church to be awesome. Because they have the gift of hospitality. They, They love ministering in that way. When you pick up your kiddos downstairs this morning in G Kids, You'll find some people who are using their spiritual gifts to shape the, the spiritual future of your, of, of your children. And shouldn't we be thankful? Shouldn't we be a 
appreciative for those who've discovered their gifts and for those who have offered their gifts in service to the Lord? You know, I wish I could introduce you to people who have the spiritual gift of giving. I mean, people who could have retired a long time ago, but instead they chose to continue to work and earn as much as they can so that they can live on as little as they can to in, and, and they want to invest in the kingdom, in kingdom opportunities, in the church. Man, they, they financially support the purposes of God in this church and in, in our world. And they do this because they love to give. Like, that's their gift. They love to give. They get a kick out of it. It's their main spiritual gift. And they work, they earn, they give God the glory. Gosh. When we're all using our gifts, it's going to be, it's going to be what God dreamt of when he, when he created his church. This king of heaven has gifted you. And so let me ask you in closing, what are you doing with your gift? When are you going to get out of the stands and get on the playing field? And that's where you belong, okay? That's where you belong. That's where the action is. And I hope and pray that it's really soon. I hope and pray it's soon. Let me pray. Father, our dream is that we would have 100% of people in Grace Church who know their gifts and use their gifts. Father, we can't thank you enough for entrusting in us these spiritual gifts. Gifts that allow us to be a part of your redemptive process in a supernatural way. So incredible. Father, I pray that you would move us this morning to fan into flames the gifts that you have given us. Move us to get onto the playing field. And Lord, we know it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy sometimes. Sometimes we're going to get knocked down, but I pray that we would always get back up and that we would stay on the field, we would stay in the game until the day we die. In Jesus' name we pray.